With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody. Hello, Devils fans. I hope you had a great weekend. And why wouldn't you have had a great weekend? The Devils won their home opener. I mean, it took some effort to do it. But the real deal delivered when it mattered most, and the Devils are 1-0 to start the season. Here to help me talk about that game and various goings-on in the NHL and the Devils organization is, as always, the stalwart, John Fisher. How's it going, John? Thank you, Dan. Uh, Fall is finally here in New Jersey, so everybody get your jackets, get your hoodies, get your sweaters, whatever it is to get warmer. Uh, But on a warm night on October 15th, the New Jersey Devils lit it up in their first game of the season. Yeah. And uh, you know, we can go through the play by play, but I'm pretty sure everyone who listens to the podcast was glued to that game from start to finish. So I don't know Mm -hmm. that we have to do that as much, but I do want to talk about the macro scale things that happened in that game, both the good and the bad. And when I say that, I mean the very, very good thing that happened where the devils did not give up a single goal at even strength. They completely dominated the run of play there uh, besides a stretch in the second period. They, by all accounts, outside of special teams, looked pretty good against a team that was supposed to be competing for a playoff spot. Now, a few games um, of the Blackhawks later, people aren't so sure that that's going to be the case. But regardless, the Devils came out strong and, I mean, very strong in that they scored a goal 17 seconds into the game and who better to score that goal than their marquee defensive addition, Dougie Hamilton. Absolutely. Dougie Hamilton's made history with that goal, Dan. Mm -hmm. That's the fastest goal to start a season in franchise history for the devils. It's the fastest goal by a defenseman in NHL history to start a season. It's the first goal to be scored within 20 seconds of a season opener since 1991 when Theo Fleury did it. Uh, for Calgary and it's the seventh fastest goal to start a season in NHL history yeah and the vibes were very good (laughs) yeah I mean everybody's all excited and keyed up from the opening you know the opening segment opening ice it's the first time uh, since you know 2020 where the whole arena was opened up the place was a sellout and um, everybody was excited so what better way to bank on that excitement by scoring a goal literally on the second shift of the game. I mean, you couldn't ask for much better from uh, uh, Dougie Hamilton on the shot. You couldn't ask for much better from Pavel Zaka from his movement with the puck. And you couldn't ask much better for Jesper Bratt, who forechecked mm-hmm. Jake McCabe to giving up that awful turnover by McCabe and set a perfect screen uh, for Zaka to curl around to have the space to find Dougie Hamilton wide open, excuse me, as he entered into the slot and ripped it over this 
jabroni named Kevin Lankinen. Yeah. Uh, I got to say, Kevin Lankinen's not very good, Dan. And it <laughs> yeah. showed in this game. Yeah, it was a, it was a tough, uh, tough game for him. And that was Chicago's, what, second game at, by that point, the Devils. Yeah. The schedule is all sorts of weird. The Devils are playing at the time of recording. They're playing Seattle tomorrow, I guess, uh, today when we post it. And this will be Seattle's fifth game while the Devils are still on their second. So I don't really know what the logic is there. But um, Seattle's also going to be coming off a back-to-back there in Philly um, tonight, the night of recording. So uh, hopefully the Devils can take advantage of that. But just make sure you keep that in mind before running into any Devils are making the playoffs conversations. But let's let's get back to what happened here. That first period ended um, with that exact score, one nothing, and it only took. It was a late Jesper Bratt penalty, I believe it was Bratt, um, and it only took 53 seconds into the second period for Chicago to even up things on the power play. That was Alex DeBrinket uh, scoring a goal there by a really nice pass from Jonathan Taves. Um, uh, it's the same issues that plagued the penalty kill. Kane. It was oh, it was Kane. Kane. Oh, Kane with the pass. Okay, okay. Um, right. It was the same issues that plagued the penalty kill from, you know, all of last year. You saw it happening. You saw it developing. And, you know, with players like that on the ice, Kane, Dabrinkit, I mean, even even Taves there, it's, it's going to – you're, you're bound for bad things if you leave them open the way they did and the Devils couldn't really catch up. Uh, that's not to say that the penalty kill was just completely, you know, useless the whole game. They did have to save off a lot more opportunities, but they did end up letting up uh, two goals and then one goal at six on five. So not ideal and uneven situations still. And the power play looked uh, powerless as usual, but Right. That goal tied the game at one and the Devils were looking for some spark to open things back up again. And they found it in the form of an individual effort by Jack Hughes, who stole the puck from behind the net, knocked it off of a skate. I mean, I don't know how intentional that was, but he got it back. Turn around shot beat Lankin in short side. Yeah, it was very evocative of uh, Blackhawk legend Denise Savard or for your uh kids out there that don't know who Denise of art are. That was basically what we would, what was known as a 360 no scope uh, shot from Jack Hughes <laughs> uh, that found the back of the net. And it was very welcome because that second period was easily the devil's worst. Uh, mm-hmm. The ice in general wasn't the best, but you can't really blame the ice when one team is more successful at making passes than the other. And that team was not New Jersey in the second period. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonathan Bernier was the starting goaltender as Mackenzie Blackwood was out uh, injured with his uh, heel issue and of course his non-vaccination status. Uh, But uh, Bernier, you know, held down the fort as well as he really could um, as the devils fumbled a lot of pucks, um, whether it's passes to the point, whether it's clearing attempts, whether it's passes in the neutral zone, whether it's, um, you know, just settling for really weak plays on offense after, you know, getting a rush up ice. Mm-hmm. Um, so the devils, you know, getting that goal from Hughes was a big lift because then it turned, obviously you have the lead again, but also you can now feel good. Like, okay, we, we survived a lot of bad minutes and we're now winning. So we can build off of that. And the devils uh, appropriately played a much sharper third period and did get an insurance goal, which turned out to be very important uh, in the third period where Dawson Mercer fired a hard shot on Lankinen and Lankinen mishandled it. It got behind him and Andreas Janssen just jumped on this puck to jam it in the net. He was super pumped after putting it in. You're up three, one, everybody's happy. Janssen uh, had himself a very good game 
And that goal was uh, representative, representative of that. And then things took a turn for the worse. Well, I was going to say, did anyone deserve that goal on the team more than Janssen did in that moment? I don't, I don't think it's possible yeah. to say so. He was everywhere. Lindy Ruff said it himself after the game. That was Janssen's best game of Devil's uniform, which is a very encouraging sign. Uh, if he's able to contribute to the level that they thought he'd be able to when they acquired him, that is going to help them so much in terms of balancing the scoring. And he really was flying everywhere. He, he was very yeah. prominent. He was following every single pocket. It felt like there were three of him on the ice at any given moment. Um, and yeah. that line in general had a lot of uh, success at even strength. It's, it was interesting. Yeah. The, the Hughes line was, despite scoring two goals, they were the least effective um, no. at, yeah. at five on five. And that first line of Zaka Heischer Bratt was, was great. The fourth line of McLeod, um, VC and student each was actually solid as well. They held their own in a, in a really, really nice way. And so that was also very encouraging, but yeah, after three, one, you know, you look at this, you say it's a home opener. Can they hold on? And Tyler Johnson skates into Dawson Mercer's stick. And to be fair, Dawson Mercer should know better than to keep a stick in the air like that. And from, you know, any hockey experience he's had, but you get caught up in the moment sometimes, but Tyler Johnson did legitimately skate into his stick um, to draw a four minute double minor for high sticking. Yeah. And Chicago and, took full advantage. And, and to add in, you know, I don't want to say insult to injury here, but as a fan, you know, it was uncalled on the ice initially, then they yep. stopped play checked on Johnson and then the refs huddled reviewed it. And then gave the four minutes afterwards. Now, apparently that is allowed in the NHL. You can review for high sticks like that. Mm -hmm. um, but it's very sad that I don't want to turn the game into having every penalty be reviewed. I really don't want to go down that route. Right. I have a fear that this is how it's going to happen. Um, but that being said, you know, you don't have to draw a lot of blood. You don't have to draw very much at all, but if they see you some red, it's going to be four minutes and it was what it was. And um, I will say the Devils did fairly well for the first half of this penalty kill. It's when Lankinen got pulled in the second half of it. Mm -hmm. uh, Chicago, understandably realizing, hey, it's less than five minutes left in the game. We're down two goals. We have a power play. Let's just get six on the ice here. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, that's that's kind of how. That's not kind of how. That's exactly how. Uh, the you know the the goal the goal that became important to uh, Kirby doc was able to finish his play because uh, Johnson took a shot on Bernier. It bounced to an open rebound to doc. And as much as I can complain about the passive diamond being back in effect. And as much as we could complain about, Oh, you didn't get this clearance. You didn't do this to that. There's not really a whole lot you could do in a six on four. Sometimes a bad bounce just hurts you. And that hurt him. And, uh, and another one happened with 25 seconds left in the game Yes, um, to allow Chicago to tie things up. You thought the Devils just needed one more clearance to, to close things out. They were very close to getting it, and they did not get it. And no. um, they tie the game. And who was it? That's, it was Kubalik who scored. Yeah, yeah very similar play, too. Um, unfortunately for Subban, um, Subban did not have a good game. Like he was he just really a off. bunch of shots. He hit the right. ref a bunch of times. Yeah. There, he just had a really rough time out there, but he did the right thing initially before this goal where the puck was dumped in. He had the, the boards. What do they, what does every, you know, conservative minded coach tell you clear it hard up the boards. And that's exactly what he did. But Seth Jones made a better play to keep the puck in play. 
Jack Hughes, unfortunately, wasn't in the right place. Uh, Jesper Bratt and Pavel Zaka were not exactly in the best locations either. And um, again, it's six on five. So somebody's open and it turned out to be uh, Kubalik was open. So he managed to finish the play from Hegel and it's now three, three and everybody in the arena is unhappy except for the handful of Chicago fans there because damn it, this is another repeat of 2019 right before our very eyes. Yeah. I was very uh, shell shocking to say the least after that Winnipeg opener. I mean, I don't think anyone will ever forget about that one and how, you know, truly how, how painful it was and how it set the tone for that entire season. It was, it was something that you see that happen and, you know, mentally it's just hard to bounce back. And luckily very quickly into overtime as Chicago took the puck one way, a play was broken up and coming back the other way was Jack Hughes with Ryan Graves, who, by the way, that first pairing of Graves Hamilton came exactly as advertised. They did a great, great job throughout the game. And so the puck is on Hughes's stick. He looks at Graves, but he knows that Graves is more of a decoy. Patrick Kane goes sliding into no man's land, trying to defend this. Jack Hughes beats several people, including the goaltender with the shoulder fake and puts in, you know, one of the most memorable goals in recent Devils history, followed by one of the most uh, satisfying celebrations in all of Devils history. Yeah, I mean, this is this is this goal by Hughes is a great example of why three on three hockey, why you see so many teams just sit on the puck and take it out, take it off sides and deal it back just to make sure they don't lose the puck Mm because this was a counterattack uh doc lost the puck graves picks it up sees hughes is open and graves he's been in the league long enough to know you give this man give give the big deal the puck and run with him and you know eric gustafson got the soul deked out of him and then lankanen got the soul deked out of him and patrick kane overskated the whole thing so he just had a front row view to um a loss and uh hughes it was brilliant to see live and even more amazing. You see Hughes fly over to the sideboards by the penalty boxes, you know, throw his stick into the crowd. Uh, of course it's social media these days. So some, some kid is uh, super happy. He's got a new stick and uh, everybody was elated, ecstatic, jubilant, whatever adjective you want to use were use it all points to the same thing. You're happy about a fantastic goal. I, I would I say it was he- even prettier than Sharon Govich's first goal. Yeah, you can't help but talk about it without using the word relieved also after the kind of game that they had where if they ever deserved a win, it was this game. They really, really played well as a whole. And yep. you can see that in the game score after the game. There's not a single devil that was in the negative. So to lose that type of game is something that is a little hard to swallow and would make you a little bit more fragile. But Jack Hughes delivered when it mattered most. And he, his breakout is, um, you know, everyone is saying it's going to happen. Every expert believes that it's right on the cusp. So hopefully that's a sign of things to come in the future, not just a flash in the pan. So Devils take game one, four to three. They haven't played since, but there's been some news uh, in and out of the organization. For example, Chase Stillman and Sudbury is having a great start to his season. He's got six points in six games played, including uh, having a fight today where he convincingly won. I don't normally celebrate that, but it's rare for the Devils to have anyone capable of uh, even doing that, especially with Miles Wood out with injury. And speaking of injuries, Wood is still not skating with the team. Blackwood seems like his uh, he has suffered a setback in his recovery from heel surgery, and so it's going to be 
Bernier and Wedgwood for the foreseeable future. In terms of the injured defenseman, Ty Smith's return looks to be a little bit off still, but David Severson should be in the game tomorrow, which will make uh, Yaros probably sit. Oh, and, or White. Yep, one of the two will be sitting down, but um, it'll be interesting to see how Severson uh, gets back into the lineup. That should help a lot in terms of creating transitional offense for the Devils as well. It's someone that they can trust a little bit more to push the puck forward than, you know, Yaros or White. Yeah, I mean, in the first game, Jack Hughes um, obviously scored two goals, so you can't say he had a bad game. But the line of Hughes, Jaeger Sharangovich, and Yanni Kwakinen, they just really struggled uh, to create much of anything. Mm-hmm. And um, a part of the reason for that was that they often had Colton White and Yaros behind them. And White and Yaros did not have good games. Mm-hmm. Uh, White very much looked like an AHL defenseman, which is true. He is an AHL defenseman uh, playing only in New Jersey out of necessity. And Yaros is a seventh. Uh, he's a number seven. He's, mm-hmm. he's not going to elevate your D. So having Severson coming in alone uh, is going to be an upgrade over either of them. And it'll also help out uh, Siegenthaler and Subban. So this way they don't have to play as much as they had to as they did against Chicago. I think that would have helped out Subban's, even if Subban has another game that doesn't go quite right for him, you'd rather have him only play, you know, 15, 16, 17 minutes instead of, you know, 18, 19 or 20. So even, even if it's just Severson returning, um, that would be a big, big boost to the defense. And Smith, I know he's super close. Uh, both of them practiced with contact jerseys uh, today on Monday. So Severson is apparently okay for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And Smith is, quote, unquote, almost ready, according to Lindy Ruff. So if not tomorrow, then probably Thursday or Saturday. So that's, that's good. That is yeah. good things to happen. And speaking of things that are good, in uh, Utica, the Devils uh, Devils affiliate, the Comets, played their first game of the season as well, taking it by a score of 6-2 to two against the Rochester Americans. Um, but the more important part there is that Alexander Holtz uh, had a two-goal game himself, one goal coming off of a nice backhand breakaway, which felt like a lot of the goals that the Devils scored, or the Comets, sorry, scored that day. Um but also the second goal that he put in just an absolute laser, just like in the preseason and uh, really good to see that happening. The more he does that, the easier it is to justify bringing him back up. And hopefully he's only in Utica for a short stay because the devils, God knows they can use some threatening shot presence on the power play, especially. Yeah. I mean, it's always a good sign when the commentator is saying, yeah, get your jerseys now. He ain't going to be here for very long. And I think that's quite right. And it's also important to note that um, the team was playing Rochester, which is uh, Buffalo's um, Buffalo's affiliate, which now has Mark Jankowski on it. So I guess he was willing to play in the AHL after all. But that's a team that had Jack Quinn. It's a team that had Metesh Pekar. It's got a team that uh, has um, John Jason Paterka. Mm-hmm. Um, the point, and, and most importantly, their goaltender for that game was Uko Pekka Lukonen, which is who is one of Buffalo's better prospects. He's probably their future in the net. I'm actually a little surprised he's not with Buffalo right now, but you know, it is what it is. Well, when you can play but, Craig Anderson. Yeah, exactly. When you? yeah, exactly. When Craig Anderson is available, you gotta play. I mean, it, it just stands to reason. But the fact that Holtz torched UPL 
the way he did. And UPL is a big dude. Like he's a legit six, five near 200 pound goaltender. You know, that really does bode well for what he could do at the NHL level. Like it's not going to be a case of like, yeah, you, you did well in preseason, but this guy was a, is a legitimate goaltending prospect. And as goaltenders in the NHL are bigger than what, what they were say 10 years ago or 15 years ago, um, you're going to have to get used to, you know, going up against some big dudes in the net. So the fact that uh, Holtz just made it look easy against this guy helps his cause for when he has to go up against the NHL goaltenders where the talents will obviously, the reflexes will be a little faster. The game itself will be faster. A lot of things will be different, but it does bode well. So um, great win. You always want to start off uh, your first game as an organization uh, with the new affiliation and the, the rebrand and everything with a big win and six, two is a big win. So uh, congratulations to Holtz uh, and the rest of the comments. Yeah, we've got goal contributions from a couple of veterans and also uh, Nikita Akatuk found the score sheet. So That's um, right. all good things coming from the Devils organization, top to bottom, minus the news about the injured players, obviously. Hopefully they're able to be back soon. But, uh, you know, I got to say, VZ and student each did not look too out of place in that first no. game at all. And McLeod, VZ. people were wondering how he would perform without Bastion in a one game sample, which I know means very little. He looked great. Yeah, that fourth line looked a lot better than I honestly anticipated. Um, VC looked better than he did in any of the preseason games from what I saw. Mm-hmm. And uh, student each, I think he made, you know, it's hard to say without a point or without a big moment, like, hey, this guy is proving he should stay in the lineup. But student each is showing that he he should be staying in the lineup for a little while longer. Um mm-hmm. And, and, as, and to your point, McLeod is that, you know, he needs to continually demonstrate that he isn't just um, somebody who just plays off of well of Nathan, Nathan Bastion, who he will be facing against most likely tomorrow night mm-hmm. uh, as the Devils are playing Seattle. Um, so, I mean, obviously both, all three guys still have more to prove, but you know, that first game, you really couldn't ask for much more from a fourth line than win your matchups. Don't do anything stupid and do well when you do, do get a shift and you know check 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 they did they did that and so yeah they, they looked very very good and played very well and on the devil's docket for the rest of this week they've obviously played seattle tomorrow for the first time seeing the kraken at the prudential center uh they have washington visiting on thursday and they have buffalo visiting on saturday definitely some opportunities to get more points on this homestand this five game homestand that they have to open the season which is again a bizarre scheduling quirk for this year i i don't really know why that's the case but they you know they, they get an opportunity here to hit the ground running and we've seen them do that in the last couple of seasons but especially with so many young and new players on the team this is a wonderful opportunity for them to build some of that momentum for for when the schedule does get tough when they do things like the western canada road trip when they do things like the california road trip mm-hmm. it's this is your time to bank some points especially in what should be a tight race for the playoffs in the metropolitan division absolutely and you know, there are some additional stakes at hand beyond that, Dan. For example, the Thursday game against Washington. The Devils have not beaten Washington mm-hmm. since the COVID shortened to 2020s. I'm sorry, 2019-2020 season. They beat them in February of 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then since then, the Devils played the Capitals in eight regular season games and lost all of them. Uh, two of them went beyond regulation, and they lost both of them beyond regulation. So the Devils legitimately have an eight-game winless streak against the Capitals. 
it with all within this year. So it would be very nice to get a win on Thursday just to end the slide against them. Yeah. And also to, as you say, to demonstrate that this is going to be a tighter division. Like, uh, you know, the hope is that teams like Washington, Pittsburgh, uh, they don't look at New Jersey or Columbus and think, oh, these are easy points for us. Like, I think both the Devils and unfortunately Columbus, I say unfortunately because the Devils are going to have to play them later. And that's always um, always a problem. Brutal. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but the point is, is that there are no easy games. And I would also keep that in mind for Saturday night's game against Buffalo because Buffalo won some games, Dan. Yeah. They, they started possible. off nicely, but, uh, you know, it, they've started off nicely before, but we don't want to be the victims of their hot start. That's what it's all about. You have to have a good one yourself and surprise some people and really just make sure you show that it's sustainable. And in, in that one game, they really did have a good performance. They really um, put it all together as a team. And hopefully we see more of that starting tomorrow. Uh, one last bit of devils or devils tangentially related news. And then one other item that sort of has to do with the devils, but doesn't really directly involve them. Um, former devil Ilya Kovalchuk has just been named the general manager of the Russian Olympic team. That's right. He has zero managerial experience, but he's been promoted to arguably one of the most positions, uh, one of the most important positions in I would say all of the hockey world when we're talking about context here with the Olympics and team Russia specifically. So he's joined by the likes of every Russian player you've heard of from 1995 to 2000 um, or from sorry, 1995 to like 2010, basically. And they're going to be putting together the Russian Olympic team. And in the other bit of non devils related news, the, NHL just handed down a suspension to Evander Kane for 21 games for faking a vaccination card. Not great, but I say this because he is eligible to return exactly when the Sharks play the New Jersey Devils. Yeah, the NHL's um, statement, and let me tell you something, as much as Mackenzie Blackwood has been a distraction, it, it, it pales in comparison to Evander Kane, mm-hmm. uh, whom, I, as I understand it, is persona non grata in the San Jose locker room even before um, his summer of investigations. Uh, The statement reads from the NHL is that he's been suspended uh, for a violation and lack of compliance with the protocol uh, established by the NHL and the NHLPA. Um, They also announced that their concurrent investigation of into allegations of domestic abuse um, that were made by his estranged right uh, wife, Deanna, could not be substantiated. And as such, the NHL has no further comment on that. But uh, yeah, getting a fake vaccination card, 21 games is a, actually a slap on the wrist there because that could be considered a felony. Like yeah. if, if you were to go to a place where by law, you know, you needed to have evidence of vaccination for whatever reason and you present something false, you know, that's the equivalent of presenting false identification, which is always, always, always a big no-no. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... I don't think it's going to escalate to a level where Evander Kane is going to have to go to jail or be registered as a felon. But, you know, this is one of those things where you just have to shake your head and go, how stupid could you be? Like, I I mean, the other stuff, you know, Kane is in a very public and very nasty uh, divorce. And, um, you know, those situations, you know, you never really want to get in the middle of them because you don't know who's telling the truth. You don't know what's going on. It's it's private, private, dirty laundry being aired out in public. Mm-hmm. But the stuff with the, the 
the protocol, I'm sorry, the fake vaccination card, the fact that San Jose completely barred him from their training camp, the fact that there were quotes from players going, you know, we don't miss this guy. Thomas Hurdle in particular has said, you know, I'm, I'm okay with him not being here. Like, you know, all signs are pointing to, you know, you know, this is just a terrible, terrible mess. Um, the Devils will not get to see him on the third until the 30th. And there's a good chance we won't even see him at the rock on the 30th because he would have literally have not played or even been in a uniform for the sharks until then. Cause he yep. wasn't at training camp. Yep. Uh, so the devil. So if you were hoping the devils will see Evander Kane this season, uh, I regret to inform you uh, that may not happen. Not First on the of all, why? <laughs> well, he's a, he is a good player. I will say that mm-hmm. um, he was one of the few sharks that, you know, played like he gave a damn about the team last season, which, you know, based on how the Sharks did last season, you know, not too many of those guys. Uh, but yeah, the Devils will play San Jose on the 6th of November. So obviously he that won't happen. And then on the 30th, the return game at the Rock. Um, yeah, he'll be eligible to return, but I, I would not put money on on that. And also, if you're a Vander Kane, please do not put money on things. You'll get help for your gam- your apparent gambling problems. Yeah, well, I think those are the allegations that they couldn't substantiate. So I, well, I don't yeah. really. That, that was the, that was, the, yeah. Yeah. So many investigations. It's hard to keep track. Yeah. So many simultaneous investigations. It's a, it's a tough time to be him, but um, I did also forget that there's one other piece of news worth mentioning in a marquee oh. night for the Hughes family. Luke Hughes also scored his first collegiate goal the same night that Jack won the game in overtime. And so um, always good to see another devil's prospect performing, especially when they're a brother Hughes. So uh, yep. Good for him getting on the on the scoreboard as well. Yeah, that Michigan team is looking really legit, and uh, Hughes is settling in very nicely on the second pairing. And apparently, Ethan Edwards is starting to make his case to be a regular on the third pairing. So, um, but again, congratulations to Luke Hughes for finishing that one timer, and uh, may more be coming from mm-hmm. the young man. Mm-hmm. All right, anything else to talk about today? Well, I hope that the Devils are able to at least win two of their three upcoming games this week. I think if they can take the approach of getting what I, and this is what I do at the division snapshot every Sunday at all about the Jersey, which is um, if you win at least half of the points of potential points in your week, then I say you've won the week. And generally, if you win most of the weeks of your season, you're in a good place to make the playoffs because you're always getting points. You're always getting results. So that should really be the goal for this, whether it's, uh, you know, obviously I would love to see three straight wins, Dan. Um, you know, I'll be happy with just two, even if they are just against Seattle and Buffalo, just keep getting results, get four out of six and, um, keep on, keep on grinding. Mm-hmm. So, so far, so good. We'll see if they can keep it up tomorrow against the NHL's newest franchise. Um, thank you all again for listening. I will be looking forward to attending that game. Uh, I'm very excited. This is going to be my first one since the uh, start of the pandemic, and it's very much missed. Now they have so many more reasons to, uh, you know, to watch them and to really embrace this new dynamic that they've created for themselves. So, I hope that they can keep up the the momentum. They'll be facing a tired team coming from traveling from Philadelphia the night before. Let's take advantage of the situation and let's go Devils. Go Devils. We'll catch you all next time as we recap a longer week, but hopefully just a successful one. <laughs> <laughs>